Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's up everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB! I am your host, Cameron Esposito. There's a bunch of comics in back. They can hear you. Let's hear it for them. Hello, Ryan. Ryan in the booth. Ryan, hello, Ryan. Hi. It's great to see you. Let's hear it for my friend Ryan. Cody's taking photos. Okay, we did it. We did the applauses. They were all earned. All of them were earned and worth it, and it's great to see you, and I'm moving. I'm moving right now. I'm packing uh, to move. This is like the last week I'm going to be in the apartment I've been in for a bunch of years, and how how are you all with things? Because I will say I have learned something about myself, which is that I cannot stand to have things um, down to the last minute. Like I, I'm like a... I am a huge planner. And so what I've done is it is Tuesday and I will be in this apartment for like seven more days and I have already packed the entire apartment. <laughs> so now I just don't have any things. I was like, it just can't be last minute. I can't have to pack everything in one day at the end. But I forgot I might need to, like, make eggs or comb my hair. Like, I just had to unpack a box today into the same... That's not how that's supposed to go! You move it and then unpack it. Oh, oh well, she's doing the best she can. I also really cut my finger... Um, not so bad, because um, you might not know this about me, but I have taken up whittling. <laughs> this is very real. I took a spoon-making class because I'm getting a divorce, and who knows what I like. <laughs> do I like to make spoons? I'm not sure. I'll test it out. I'll do the guess and check. I actually found out, yeah, like I do actually like to carve shit out of wood, so I've been carving these tiny hearts. I sit on uh, my stoop with my dog, and I carve wood with a knife. And I'm from now. I'm from the year now. I, uh, I've been watching this HBO show, uh, Gentleman Jack. Yes, you can come in. Um, which, uh, just not even one woo. Wow. Honestly, fuck you, queer people who are here that aren't watching this show. It's a, it's a, it's a show about, like, I, okay, so, it's hard to know what is the Western world and colonialism, you know? Like, this, this woman, Anne Lister, she lived in the UK um, she wrote diaries in code, and then they were cracked after she died, and it's a thorough account of her lesbianism. And she was, like, kind of out, like her family knew. She married a woman. It's technically, like, the UK's first same-sex marriage. It's, like, in the... Well, it's hard to tell when it's in the UK, isn't it? Because, and it's... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, if somebody has a British accent, I don't know when they're from, time-wise. <laughs> like, when was the Revolutionary War versus Game of Thrones? <laughs> That's the same time, right? I don't know. I think she's from the eight... I don't know. She's from that. The eight... I don't know. Something... <laughs> But there, it's this show about her life and uh, and her lesbianism. It's on HBO right now. And um, anyway, there's a young boy character who whittles tiny toy soldiers. And 
you know, that's why I keep watching the show, because I can really relate to not the primary lesbian storyline, but this small side character, and I can't figure out how he makes the arms. They, the soldiers have these freestanding arms that are so thin, and I'm just making a heart, you know, which is, I mean, it's hard to get that curve, sure, but you know what I mean? There's not like a little, you know, so. I'm going to keep watching, and I hope that becomes a C storyline. It doesn't appear that that's what they're going to discuss because this young man has just killed his father and fed him to pigs. But, and I think that's going to be his forefront story. <laughs> but, I don't know. We don't know. You know, your honor. And this is how I make the arms, you know? Um, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. What else? I'm moving. I'm whittling. My grandfather used to whittle stuff and my grandfather, um, my mom's from a really small town in Ohio. My mom's from the same town that Bob Evans is from. Do you know the restaurant Bob Evans? That's a man. That's a human man. He's also a biscuit restaurant, but he's also a human man that my dad almost hit with our station wagon when we were children. He wasn't a child. My dad and I are not the same age. My dad was driving. He was a full adult man. I was a child in the back. And he went, oh my God, it's Bob Evans. And, but it wasn't the restaurant, it was Bob Evans. And we almost hit him. <laughs> this town is also, Bob Evans is from there, but also it's the town where um, the Mothman prophecies happened, like the real ones. Do you know this story? Uh, in like the 60s? I don't know, my mom was a child. How old is my mom? I don't know. Um, there was a... This is also a movie starring Richard Gere, and it's The Mothman Prophecies. It's his first most famous movie, and then the second is Pretty Woman. Um, but did anybody see this movie? Clap if you saw this movie when it came out. Oh, yeah. Here, you're all just silently going, we don't know where she's going with this. Give me a little more. You know what I mean? When I say that's where my mom, my mom's from the town where the Mothman prophecy. If you've seen the movie, you should go, oh my God, that's weird. Audibly. I'll say, keep it down. This is a show. And I'm the talker here. <laughs> um, when my mom was a kid, a moth man, it's like a full-size man that looks like a moth, or a full-size moth that looks like a man. One of those two. Uh, started appearing at people's windows in the town and then a bridge collapsed and a bunch of people died and that's not the, that's not the funny part but I did laugh as I said that um, and so then the people in the town were like the moth man was warning us of an impending bridge collapse and then Richard Gere was like this is this seems like a great movie like a great believable <laughs> but there's a statue of the moth man like a giant Mothman statue in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. My mom is from Gallup Police, Ohio, and those are connected by a bridge, and that bridge is what fell. And that Mothman, he tried to save him. And it's unclear to this day what anybody's talking about <laughs> when they recount this story. But my grandfather did say, that was just my friend Earl, and he was a peeping Tom. <laughs> you know, so that's a sinister. That's the most sinister part of the story. Not that people died, but that that man trespassed. Um, mom's from that town and my grandfather, uh, he chewed tobacco. He had, he was one of those men that I don't, I honestly don't know what his job was. I think it was walking around town. Does anybody <laughs> know this particular brand of white man that's from like an under, like an underserved area? Like I, like, my, my grandmother definitely had a job. My grandmother ran a beauty shop uh, that was like they had a house and if you were supposed to walk up the driveway in the backyard and then there was a trailer back there and that was her beauty shop and uh, there were tanning beds in there so it was a healthy place. And my dad almost burnt it down one time with a firework. My dad was honestly about to take this town to the ground, you know? The Mothman was like, don't let that guy in here. Anyway, um... <laughs> My grandpa had uh, 
I didn't really know these grandparents very well. I had other grandparents that live really close to me in Chicago where I grew up. And um, that was my nana and papa. And they were super Italian and very small. And then this was like, these were like my much taller uh, Appalachian grandparents that I didn't spend much time with. But every time I spent time with them, it was something happened that I didn't understand. Like my grandmother um, had type 2 diabetes and she had to have uh, insulin injections. And that is a scary thing to see if you're a child, if it's not explained to you. Like, I don't think I knew before I just saw her getting, like, a shot in the ass from my grandfather who was like, what? You know, and I, <laughs> I was like, is this your job? Why is it here at the house? One time my mom was driving my grandfather to the airport. They were going to the airport together. They were going to fly to Chicago. And uh, she was like, just out of curiosity, you don't have any guns on you dad and he was like just uh my boot gun which is a great <laughs> thing he had a very small one-shot derringer that he wore in his boot and he was pretty sure that you can get on the plane with just the one shot it's such a small gun how it's not even it wouldn't even register he puts it on the thing but do you notice the size look at the size though there's just one bullet in there Anyway, I suppose I'm also thinking about my family because I'm like packing up family photos and shit that I've had displayed in my house and now those things are so I'm thinking about my whole fam spoke to my little sister today she lives in uh, Buenos Aires and is cooler than all of you sorry I apologize um, she is she's gonna marry a tango guitarist she's training to be a doula I mean I could go on I went to um, her engagement party, and it was, it was this last Christmas, um, and it was in Chicago, and it was at the same place where my engagement party was. And my engagement party, I have to tell you, it was actually like very amazing, because my engagement party was at the country club that my parents belonged to, that I went to as a child. And yeah, I do feel shame. <laughs> as a stand-up comic, you know, a real man of the people telling you that I grew up going to a country club. I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> if I wasn't gay, I would still go to that country club. <laughs> they had a, like a vegetarian lesbian bridal shower at the country club for me. And my parents' friends' faces, like, first of all, they were so kind, but also they were so proud of themselves. <laughs> like, it was, it was so beautiful to see them being like, congratulations, we are so happy for you, and we don't even miss the meat. <laughs> you don't either, huh? Yeah, it, just, it was, uh... And that, and right there, by the way, I will say, some women do have penises. So I've gone ahead and covered all my bases, and I... <laughs> But when I went back there for my little sister's gra or, uh, engagement party, I had this experience that I was really unprepared for because uh, my mom's, my, my parents are very tapped into their community. They're extreme. They have one, they have the most active social life of anybody I've, I know. They have a more active social life than I've ever had. They're constantly calling me just like, we're on our way back from the Holly ball or something. I'm like, what? A ball? What do you mean? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> I walked into the engagement party and I, I realized that they had probably, like I knew their friends were going to know that I was separated, but I was unprepared for the like gaggle of women that all had like a short haircut and bangs and St. John suits on who, when I walked in, were like, okay. And they surrounded me. And they were like, you're going to get through this. We got through this. You're going to get through this. We got through this. Have you, do you ever, have you ever been surrounded by your mom's divorcee friends? Because I was like, I'm not one of you! But then they were like, yes, you are. And I was like, maybe, maybe I am. 
It's weird because I feel so young to be going through this and like, I'm not even, I'm 37, I think this is a time when this happens, but I also feel like queerness makes it just like, I don't, I can't even place my own age. Like, I'm not sure how old I am. (laughs) I like toys and bandanas. What age am I? I don't know. I can own a knife and it's safe, I think, but I cut myself. Uh, What age, you know, do I have, do I have, have I, when I think of a divorcee, these are literally the women that I think of are these women or Angela Bassett, right? And, and that, I'm also not, I can't tell where I am. Like, am I, am I Bette Midler? Is this the First Wives Club? Am I Bette Midler? You know, like, I always thought I was Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm Bette Midler. Well, I've got a great voice. You know, like, I didn't know. But then Angela Bassett, you know, like, because I feel like there's, there's two different ways this is depicted. There's like, the, there's, like, the women who, like, get through divorce with their friends and, like, and dancing and singing they do that in the first wives club and then there's the women who like go get through a divorce with like a young hot man and i don't i don't feel a connection to either of those portrayed divorcees i also feel like i i don't know what they're depicting in these movies but like you know there's that very famous scene angela bassett is like she's like strikes a match and tosses it over her shoulder and a car explodes do you know what i'm talking about so she's like you wrong me and then she's walking, getting going on with her life. But like, this is a community property state. I fucking own that car. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's very confusing to know what to do right now. Like, I don't, I don't want to burn it all down because my stuff's still in there. So, and I've already packed it, and I just have to wait for the movers to come. Anyway, thank you all. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I can't wait for this to be an incredible hour of stand-up comedy. Am I right? I agree. Always looking on the bright side. Lesbian divorce special? Gonna sell it. (laughs) There might be some competition. (laughs) Come on, that's funny. Fuck you. This is my life. You're not allowed to be hurt. We got a great show tonight. Are you ready for a great show? This first comic is hilarious. I love it when they do the show. Let's hear it right now for Aaron Lampard. Give it up for Aaron. Wow, look at you guys. You guys look cool. Give it up for yourselves. To see you, yeah. I'm gonna look everyone in the eye. Get ready for serious eye contact. All right. Hello, hello, hello. I just want to start by saying my name is Erin Lampart. <laughs> Super boring. I hate my name. I hate my name so much for a few reasons. One reason, I don't know. I think that I should have been born a Rita. Okay, I'm sorry. I think I look like a Rita. I think I sound like a Rita. I think people would take me more seriously if I was a Rita. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'd be walking down the street, confident. People would be like, hey, Rita! Wow! You know, instead of like real life where it's like, oh, hi, Aaron. Sorry, sorry, I'm scared. <laughs> so I just feel like life as a Rita would be a lot nicer. I also hate my name because I do come from a long line of Italian women uh, who sound like everything they say sounds like a threat. You know what I mean? Like my grandmother will be notorious for saying things like, hey, your grandfather loved you. I loved him too. What's the problem? But when people hear that I'm Italian, they're like, wait a second, you're Italian? You're Italian? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? You think you're Italian? What's your name? 
And I tell them, they're like, wait, that's not Italian. You can't be Italian unless you have an Italian name. You know? Okay, sorry, sue me. I don't have a whimsical Italian name. I'm not a Rita. I'm not a Gina. I'm not a Justina. I'm not a Josefina. I'm not a Katerina. I'm not a Bernadette. You know? It's just Lampard. I'm not a Drago. I'm not a Cinturino. I'm not a Pian Piano. I'm not a Galetti. I'm not a Panzarella. I'm not a Gambino. I'm not a Bambino. I'm not a Di Pasquale. <sighs> Those are all my relatives. <laughs> I'm just boring old Aaron Lampard. So I think what I'm going to do, I found a solution. I'm going to change my name. Oh, yeah. Got the papers all ready to go, babies. Changing my name so everybody will know that I'm Italian. I'm going to change my name to Rita Ziti Hands Lampart. <laughs> and then everyone will know. All right, cha-cha-cha. How about that one? You know what I mean? Yeah, the light goes out of my eyes every time I tell that joke. But hey, what a second. What is this? What are these sh- secret shoes? What are these secret shoes she's got going? You know, I'll tell you what, this stage, not great for tapping. Oh, that's a carpet. That's even worse. What do I got here? Ooh, that's nice. Hey, what's, what do you mind? You might be thinking, what's this bitch? What's this bitch got to say for herself? What's she doing with these secret shoes? What's she doing with these shoes? You might be thinking, come on, Lambs. What's the, what's the big idea? Are you a comedian or are you a... <laughs> dancer? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, sue me. Maybe sometimes, maybe sometimes I'd rather go to a dance class than do a comedy show. Shh! <gasps> Sue me, Hollywood. Sue me. Maybe it's because, I don't know, dancing feels like flying and comedy feels like dying and there's nights I'd rather live than die. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> That's enough of that. Hey, I know what we want. Hey, restaurants, huh? Who's eating in restaurants? Everybody's eating in restaurants. Everybody loves eating in restaurants, right? Yeah. Who's working in restaurants? Oh, oh yeah, nobody likes working in restaurants. Nobody. I, guys, I don't want to brag. <laughs> but I've been working in restaurants for not one, not two, not three, but 14 years. I'm tired. Thank you so much. I'm tired, you know? I've been working in restaurants so long, I think maybe it's time to open my own restaurant. Huh? What do you think? Should I open my own restaurant? Yeah. You know what I'm gonna call it? Get out of my restaurant! Get out of here. Are you a well-to-do businessman working down on Wall Street, downtown LA? Is that a... Let me that up. Businessman coming in for lunch. Get a nice fancy Caesar salad, fresh ground pepper. French press coffee, whole milk, not half or half. Full service. And then you pay with a heavy black credit card and you leave 13%? Get out of my restaurant! <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Allergy season, right? <laughs> Thank you. Guys, I got a confession to make. I got a big confession. I, I got out of the restaurant game. It's true, I quit. Out of there, sayonara, baby. So long, see ya. On to bigger, better things. I'm a bartender now. <laughs> hey, hey, honestly, it's great. I love it. I fucking love it. I love bartending. There's a power shift when you bartend. When you're a waitress, you're like, oh, yes, whatever you need. Okay, I got you. What do you need? Uh-huh. Take me. Take my body. Take everything. <laughs> but when you're a bartender, it's like, yeah, I see you. love it. It feels good. It feels good. But here's another confession. I don't work in a real bar. I work in a wine bar. And I don't work in a regular wine bar. I work in a natural wine bar. And if you come into my wine bar 
and ask me what natural wine is? I swear to Christ! I'll probably tell you, but I won't like it. You know, because let me tell you guys, it's 2019, a dollar a drink just doesn't cut it in my book. Do you want to know what carbonic maceration is? Sure, we all do. But not for a dollar a drink, toots. That's my time. Google it, Google it, Google it, Google it, Google it, Google it. That's just my PSA. But I do love working in this wine bar as opposed to working in a restaurant because instead of like, I don't know, indecisive, skinny girls being like, um, is it possible to, it's always possible if you want to, especially if you want to pay for it, but they never want to pay for it. Instead of waiting like, you know, waiting on customers like that, I get a lot of like middle-aged older men, these uh, cork dorks, if you will, <laughs> these natural wine sipsters, and like, yeah, I want something kind of dirty, funky, give me some of that dirty, funky, natural wine, some of that skin contact, yeah. <laughs> this is entertaining. Um, and then I feel bad for their wives because they look, come in and they just look exhausted by their marriages and they won't make it they'll just look up at the board at the wine menu like they don't want my help but all i want to do is help i want to help i can help i will help but they just look like um yeah just give me something red maybe french but i'm open Looking for something with big, dark fruit. Perhaps, uh, you know, a little funky. Maybe slightly effervescent, not too sweet, not too dry. And it's like, geez, lady, at this point, you want a glass of wine or a freaking Dr. Pepper? Hey, you know what I mean? Hey, guys, that's it from me. My name's Erin Lampart. Thank you so much. One more time for Aaron. I like your uh, strong leg look. Yeah, you're. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know those were gonna move like that. They move. They move all around. And okay, I feel uncomfortable. But hello. I'll look over here. Yeah, are you? How's it going? When? I'm getting married. Fuck yeah! Uh, what? Uh, number one, I absolutely know that. <laughs> 100% believe that. It just sucks. It's exhausting and sad. But if you lose a lot of weight, it'll be so cool. How long have you two been together? Six years. Six years? Yeah. Wow. Uh, is this your first marriage? No. Also divorced. Yeah, really, really young, divorced, and then we, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to tell me, because six years, but you look like a oh, young you. human, human oh, people, yeah. Generous. What'd you say? I said it's generous for me. I look like I'm 50, but yeah. Oh, just because of this head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't think that's necessarily true. We don't know what that means. This head can mean anything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and plus, you've done, you've done, the, you've done what you need to do, you know what I mean? And that's really what's important. <laughs> When you're somebody, you know, and you're losing your hair and you've made the choice to just commit to, I have a great beard, and then, and then this is, and also you have a good shaped head, which is nice too. Yeah. That's just true. You know what I mean? It's tough. It's tough when you see, and you're like, ah, shit. You know, it's just, it, it, the forehead's too slanty or something, and you're like, rats. You know, that's tough. Um, there's nothing really, you know. To do there. Um, does, is that recent? No, I lost my hair when I was like 22. 
See, that's what I was going to say. You just look like this is what you look like. So I don't think you look like an old person. You're a four. Yeah, you're 33. And this is, I mean, also, just truly, I have no idea what age men are. And that's just true. I don't know if that is me. I don't know if that's my queerness or if that's just, how old are men? I truly, I don't know how old men are ever. I literally don't know. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. Yeah. 33. That's technically younger than me. You know what I mean? And I have, but I have all this hair. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine, yeah. Um, wow, that... I mean, I'm just doing the math and realize... Are you, are you a similar age? Are you two I'm, a similar age? I'm a little older than him, but yeah. we met... I, he was like, I'm divorced too, and I was like, yeah, because you're 45. Oh. Yeah, it's hard to tell. And you were like... And you thought 45-year-olds, yeah. none of those people are married. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I'm three years younger than you. I was like, okay, well, thank you to my dermatologist. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's, so you got, like, you were getting married a second time by 27? Because you said you've been, oh, yeah. Wow. That's, like, even that is early for, like, your first marriage. Honestly, you are in the midst of a risk. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, congrats on your success. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That is the attitude that I think uh, it like that I think divorce creates. You're just like, yeah, no, I know I'll get married again, but you know. Who knows how that'll go? Anyway, it was very nice to talk to you. Would you all like to see more show? Um, this next comic, usually we have it like starred when it's somebody's first time in the show, but it's not starred, so I think that means they've done the show before, but I don't think I've ever seen them, which is really exciting. I always feel so excited when it's a comic I haven't had a chance to see yet, because like, our awesome bookers do such a great job, and, and, and I am stoked to be joining you in this moment of seeing this comic for the first time, right? Pretty cool. Okay, so um, when it's my first time seeing somebody, we give them a wild welcome. <laughs> PYHT listeners, if you are like me, you love Tomboy X. Tomboy X makes kick-ass, gender-neutral underwear for all bodies, all genders, all sizes, and all the ways you see yourself. And now, they've done it again by introducing awesome swimwear! Yeah, that's right. If you're dreading another summer full of untrustworthy swimsuits that just don't fit you or make you feel like who you are, well, you got to check out Tomboy X swimsuits. They've got swim shorts, swim halters, swim racerback tops, swim board shorts, swim unisuits, which is what I asked them to send me. And I'm very excited to try it on. I wear their undies all the time. So Tomboy X is for me. Go to tomboyx.com slash PYHT and check out their awesome swimsuit collection. And put your hands together, listeners, get an extra 15% off with the code PYHT. That's PYHT for 15% off when you go to tomboyx.com slash PYHT. Yeah! Keep going for Shana! Ooh, um, alright, well we've got these next performers are doing something a little bit different. Ryan, are we, are you all set up there? Yeah. Queued up? Awesome. Um, friends. I think it's, I think it's gonna be music. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be two people. Wow, that's exciting. Are you all ready for two people? Here, up until this point, you've loved one person. So this has to be twice as good. That's how it works, you know what I mean? Or is everybody, what's happening? Are you just, 
some stuff you seem too on the fence about. It's just are you, you still can't get over Game of Thrones from. <laughs> I love that you're covering your ears. Like I get it, but also like you're you are fucked. Like it's not you're not gonna. When are you planning on watching it? Tonight? No, I'm, I'm visiting my friends. Oh. How long? Um, like, what's the, what's the stretch before you, go, before you see this episode? Uh, Friday. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I think... <laughs> I think it's going to be said to your face. <laughs> Definitely. Are you flying? Are you flying back? No, I'm driving. I'm driving. Whoa, okay, number one, we'll talk about that in a second. Number two... <laughs> You've avoided one of the biggest ways of spoiler. You know, you go through TSA, they go, this is what happened. <laughs> Can I see your ID, though? Um, you drove here from Washington? Okay. I've done that drive before. Um, that's, that's, that's a beautiful drive. Uh, you came down to visit your friends? Yeah, well, but, I finished school huh? my first year and then drove down to visit my friends in UCLA and then drove back up home. Congrats on finishing your first year. How was it? It was really good. Yeah, you can all clap for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first year, and did you live on campus somewhere? Did you have a roommate? Dorm. A dorm and a roommate. Uh, I remember that. I was literally thinking about this like yesterday. My first girlfriend had a roommate, and we pretended and she pretended that we weren't having sex in the same room as her. <laughs> Don't owe me. Fuck you. <laughs> this is um, a large part of the college experience. I am not alone in this. This person is nodding. This person is not. Many people are nodding. I think we are being fed a lie that somebody will put a sock on some sort of door. But that is not my experience. My experience is you all go to bed in the room and then two people have sex. And one person is in the bed by themselves like, I am here. I am here for this. And actually, I'm kind of drowsy and I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> anyway. Does that happen for your freshman year? There's always sophomore year. But truly, be safe, you know, and like, hopefully the right person and everything. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Suddenly, I felt really responsible to give like a good, like some good sex ed. But that's... Make safe decisions with safe people. Okay, I'm so sorry. Was that even good? That was good, actually. Make safe decisions with safe people. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, we got two comics coming up next. How do you feel about two comics? People that definitely had sex with someone else in the room. Now, how about let's hear from the people who were in the room while others had sex. That should be everyone. We'll keep it right on rolling, and let's walk to the stage. Jess McKenna and Zach Reno, give it up! Come on! Hello! 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 We're two people. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. We're uh, also known as the Zach and the Jess. That one's Zach. That one's Jess. And um, we are two people, and we're also. Uh, but you guys probably know that we perform all over the world. That's right. We performed in Europe. And um, besides being two people, we're also going to be like a little different in that we're going to sing songs. Yeah, it's similar to before, but songs now. Does that make sense? That's what it is. That's similar all really to before, to... except not. Except not, and now songs, and that's what this is. So just be prepared, like so you're not like shocked when people start singing. That's what's happening. And then after us, not songs. Right. We're in the song section now. I have some people looking at me like, I don't understand. So I want so, to make it clear. Yeah, there so, will be songs, and then there will not be songs. Or, I don't know. There won't be. I truly don't know. Yeah, but, but probably not. I don't think so. Um, what if there were, though? <laughs> what if Baron Vaughn sings it? I mean, here's what we know. There's songs now. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, this first song is about the experience of going to a restaurant, and the waiter uh, doesn't trust you. Doesn't think you know what's going on. Thinks you're dumb. 
Also, naturally, it's an emo song. Hit it, Jimmy. <laughs> Welcome to Lamina Minimus. It's just your first time dining with us. Well, just give me some time. We'll earn your trust. There's no need to worry. Tonight will be great. As you dine, for the first time on Shared Small Plates. Shared Small Plates. They're small, and they're shared, and they're plates. I'm sorry, there is just no way to simply order an entree. It is Shared shared Small small plates. Plates. Hello, I am the manager. Can I be of service here? Yes, thank you, Nigel. Can you help? It seems I've been unclear. See, all the plates are small, but they are big enough to share. Order more things than there are people. If you don't, then you won't have a bite to spare. If that's too complex for you, maybe use this metaphor. A potluck. <laughs> have you ever been to one before? Most importantly, we're gonna bring you some plates, but the plates are small because it's shared small plates. They're small and they're shared and they're plates. Oh, ordering is so much harder when everything is a starter. They're small and they're shared and they're plates, which are plates that are small and they're shared, shared small plates. are small but not so for the portions you can start with this wheel of cheese does it fit on the plate surely not but please order the filet of sole to begin hanging off of the blade or its tail and fin for a salad we recommend the melon bowl and barrel it rolls off the plate but it's so easy to share though we have bruschetta and we're proud to flounce it fits on the plate but no one can pronounce it why not dare order the tomahawk chop such a heap of meat it's like your plate got cropped can't miss the chocolate fondue still served on the plate just a plate of you it is shared small plates too bad for you that we are close so now you all must go but the sound of iTunes finishing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This next song is about a mystery. <laughs> That's it. It's about a mystery. It is it, a mystery. It is a mystery. It's both of those things. I think it's more about a mystery. Yeah. Cool. Jimmy, hit it. deposit can i take a look inside your closet got a fashion mystery to figure out i gotta know what exactly is a blouse Ooh, you organize like a rock star i'm gonna skip to the spot where the tops are now this is a coat and this is a jacket but what is this shirt i've got to unpack it okay first thing that i'll be spotting this v-neck shirt that's made of cotton no. and i can go ahead and rule it out because i know if it's cashmere it's not a blouse so i know a little bit about this like i know the plural of a blouse is blouses and hey this looks like a blouse to me but i can't figure out what a blouse should be. What? I have absolutely it? no idea. What is a blouse? Like, what the hell is a blouse? I've been trying so hard to figure it out. Is it like not all houses are mansions, but every single mansion's a house? Whoa! What is a blouse? Why will nobody say? I asked a scientist, he just ran away while shouting every mouse is a Shonda Rhimes, or should it have died with the plague since it's plagued by the curse of being vague? Is it dissimilar to a baggy shirt or a sail too small for a boat to work? A pillowcase? But with a place for arms, a V neck?
neck with exceptional grace and charm. A classic tee that got loose and swollen. A button up with all the buttons stolen. And unflattering protection against the hands. Or a normal shirt that says, Today on Fancy. A raincoat. A cloth. Without a hood. And, and it doesn't, doesn't protect against the rain so good. A three piece suit. But only the vest piece. And, and the, the vest doesn't resemble a vest in the least. What is this? What is it? What is a blouse? Why is nobody sure? Garment worn by both workmen and artists, and peasants and women and children and men. Men, they can be right, but I check it again. It says it can be the jacket of a military uniform. This is the clothing equivalent of a unicorn, traditionally gathered up by a waistband. God damn, Wikipedia is a waistband. It doesn't stop there. I don't understand. Not every pant is a trouser, but every trouser's a pant. What is a pant? Is it half of some pants? How would you wear that? I don't understand. And even if you could, you feel show right on rolling got a great comic coming up next friend of mine got a cool show in comedy central right now oh let's hear it right now for mr baron vaughn give it up for baron cameron esposito hello audience how are you okay okay i'm so glad you're woo i was wondering i was like i hope this audience is woo Oh, man, what if the audience isn't woo tonight? I better ask. Woo! Oh, what a relief. Thank God no one went, ow! Because that's just woo backwards. Okay, um, first joke's a spelling joke. This is a really good choice for you to come to the show tonight. I think it's a really good choice. This is, you got to make really good choices right now. Uh, you know, since we're living in a casual apocalypse, um, which is really the only way I can think to describe the time we're living in. Just a chill-ass, relaxed-ass, end-of-time sort of situation. And uh, I'm sort of upset because I feel misled. I don't know. I was expecting more action out of the apocalypse. You know, gaping fire hole in the sky, mountains made of lava, people screaming, run for your lives! More like a gas leak of society. That's what it feels like, like we're all kind of collectively like, do you smell something strange? And then one day we all don't wake up. Who's with me? Literally everyone, that's who. That's why it's a scary time. And so looking for models to be positive in this time has, has been interesting because there's just so much fucked up thatness. We've forgotten most of the fucked up thatness. You know, like that uh, missile scare that happened last year in Hawaii. Uh, it really bothers me that people forgot about that because that's fucking scary. But we did forget because new cycles. So um, I'll remind you because I saw something there that inspired me. Uh, last year, everyone in Hawaii having a good time because it's Hawaii gets an emergency message that a nuclear missile is coming. This is not a test. Seek shelter immediately. They freak out, found out it was a false alarm 38 minutes later. And now 38 minutes is my new favorite measurement of time. Because it seems like it's short, but it's enough time to find out who you truly are. You know what I mean? It's a face yourself amount of time. And I saw an article that, that inspired me. I felt uplifted. It said, missile scare in Hawaii. Some people panic, others drink whiskey. And I was like, hello, life coach. I was not expecting to find that person there. You know, because I... What a, what, a, what a lesson in acceptance, you know what I'm saying? I got too much, too much remorse, too many regrets. If I was like, oh, no, a missile's coming. Oh, I didn't get to. This person was like, we're all going to die? Top shelf shit right now, please, yes. I'll have Laphroaig in a glass, clean glass, then Glenn Fittich, then Glenn Livin'. Never met a Glenn, time to start Glenn Livin'. <laughs> I'm in the puns now. What's that? 
False alarm. Oh, celebration shot. Make it Jim Beam this time. I did not know I was going to have to pay. I was planning on no one paying for anything ever again. Let's just say my credit's in the low twos and uh, Missile was going to help me financially. (laughs) But life goes on, problem goes on. We're getting to know each other. (laughs) It's a pretty good model on how to do that, you know. I'm just getting over an injury (laughs) that I had. Uh, It was making it hard for me to breathe, and it's a parenting-related injury. I didn't know that was part of parenting. I knew it was going to be hard emotionally and psychologically, but helps if you work out. Here's what happened. I uh, picked up my 18-month-old son with one arm like he was my 18-day-old son, and he's much heavier, and I am out of shape, so I pulled the left side of my body... Then, a day later, I was sitting on the couch and sneezed weird. A rib popped out and back into place, giving me something called costochondritis, swelling of the cartilage that connects your ribs to your sternum. Uh, Long story short, I have a cute dad bod. That's what it is. Very cute. I'm 38, and people don't. People tell me like, uh, you know, you don't look 38 like it's a compliment, but uh, I don't look 38 in the way that a pregnant woman doesn't look pregnant from behind, where it's just kind of like, oh, that's just a person, and it's like, oh, I see, yeah, 38 years of in and out, more in, less out. <laughs> I do have a child, uh, and. Uh, we didn't plan it, uh, you know, because I believe in doing it like our parents did. And um, <laughs> no, we didn't plan it um, because I, I was not expecting a uh, the question, were you trying? Uh, that's why I say that, because a lot of people want to have children and then they plan it. And the communities of people that are filled with people who want to have kids are asked, uh, are you trying? And I was not expecting that question. So all I heard was y'all fucking. But with how much intention and focus is y'all fucking? How many discussions about the fucking happened before the fucking? (laughs) I need names, locations, coordinates, and pics or didn't happen. Uh, We were not trying, but we were using uh, the rhythm method. And as the great philosopher Gloria Estefan once said, the rhythm is going to get you. Tonight. She also also said, come on, shake your body, baby, do the conga, which um, doesn't necessarily apply, but... Still words of wisdom, I think. <laughs> we gave him a, a cool name, I think. Because I have a cool name, so I wanted my, my child to have a cool name. My, my name is Baron Vaughn. And that's why you didn't react, because you're like, sounds rhythmically perfect. Uh, it is three syllables. It's an incomplete rhythm, because I've been asked my whole life, Baron Vaughn, what? You know, that's what my mom was thinking about, was rhythm. She wasn't thinking about history, context. It's just mouth music. You know, Baron Vaughn means nothing. There's no expectation connected to that. If you see Baron Vaughn at the top of a resume, you might be like, oh my God, Baron Vaughn, the king of lollipops is on his way, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I heard if you smell freshly showered, he'll give you a crisp $2 bill. You know what I'm talking about? A fresh Jefferson. <laughs> Irish Springs Eternal, y'all. Uh, I was wanting my name to be something like so black, so unmistakably black, like Jamal Malik Jenkins. So that way there is an expectation. You see what I'm saying? You see that at the top of a resume and go, oh my goodness, a basketball is getting dunked at noon, everybody. <laughs> and then I walk in, I'm like, yeah, Shakespeare, August Wilson, very similar if you think about it. And they're like, oh shit, I'm racist. I didn't know until this moment. And then I'm changing the world one CVS at a time. Jamal's an Arabic name, as is Malik. Jamal means beautiful. Malik means king. And if my name was Jamal Malik, my name would be Beautiful King, which would be nice to feel <laughs> like that. Those names have been around for thousands of years, and that's how they have that meaning. A long time ago, someone named Jamal was good-looking. Someone named Malik was bossy. <laughs> then there was an elaborate game of telephone, and now Beautiful and King, and that's how names get their meanings. That's why I always think it's really funny when people get mad at black people or make fun of black people for making up names, because we do make up lots of names, because we're, you know, original. And I have had this conversation, because I'm black with white friends, and sometimes when you have white friends, some of them go, he knows I'm not racist, and that's when all the racist questions start, you know? (laughs) Variations of, can I touch your hair, and why you guys make up names? Which is a thing that comes up a lot, just kind of like, you guys are making up names. You can't name your kid a name that's not a name. You gotta name your kid a name that's already a name. 
that people look at and go, well, that's a name. You can't just put things together and say, that's a name. That's not a name. That's not how names work. Why do you guys make up names? You know what I mean? Like, the Brickashaw? D apostrophe Brickashaw? Is Brickashaw possessive of D? I'm so confused. Why do you guys make up names? Um, here's why black people make up names. Um, that is how names work. <laughs> Literally every name in the history of names was made the fuck up. I guarantee you the first person named Brian was stoned to death while a group of people were like, you're just putting shit together that's red, B-R-I-A-N, like has never happened. Name your child a name that's a name, you know, like Imhotep, you know, like Akhenaten Setra Imhotep. I'm just saying, people will hire Imhotep, okay. I'm gonna be over here getting healed by light because it's ancient Egypt. Um, I looked up Brian. Brian is a name that means noble, exalted. Comes from two Celtic words, bre and an. Bre means a hill. An means next to. That means that someone was standing next to a hill. Someone walked by and was like, look at fucking Brian over there. Am I right? <laughs> fucking Brian, you know what I'm saying? Elaborate game of telephone. He's next to the hill. Suddenly he's on top of the hill. Suddenly he's at a higher status than I am. Suddenly he's noble. He's exalted. And that's bullshit. My bullshit is better. Here's a name I made up. Great name. Sinefaquis. S-O apostrophe Nefaquis. Here's how it works. First piece of nonsense. Sony. Good, tele good television brand. If you want a good TV, you go Sony, you go Samsung, or you go home. Second, knife. Chopping, cutting, great instrument. Also, sometimes I feel like stabbing a motherfucker, but that's a different set. Third, equus, Latin word. It means horse. That's not why I chose it. I chose it because it's the name of a weird play. Google it. You might see Daniel Radcliffe's junk. If you're into that, he did it on Broadway a couple years ago. There's nudity. Someone took pictures. If you Google equus, you might see it and be like, oh, the wand does choose you. So Sony, knife, equus, sinifiquis. They have a child sinifiquis tonight and pass that story around. And I guarantee you in thousands of years, it'll mean something righteous and true. Well, he's named after, you know, uh, something you look at a TV, something you watch, a uh, cutty, cutty, cut, cuts, you know, knife instrument uh, in a dramatic play. Oh, you know, he's named after a TV, something you look at, something you see, um, chop and broccoli, and a uh, piece of theater. In a thousand years, someone will be at a job interview seeing Sinefaquist at the top of a resume and say, Sinefaquist, doesn't that mean one who sees how to cut through the drama? Oh my God, you're hired. <laughs> You are going to be the best damn janitor we ever had here in the future. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. Thank you very much, everybody. Baron Vaughn. Baron Vaughn! Well, that person is very funny, and we've got one final comic who is also... Very fucking funny. Have you had a great time so far at the show? Oh, good! Well, we got the perfect person to take us home. Please welcome the stage, the hilarious Maggie May. Let's hear it for Maggie. Come on. Let's hear it for Maggie one more time. Why don't you keep it going for everybody you saw tonight? That is our show. Thank you so much for coming out. Have a great rest of your night. Put your Safe travels. hands together. Put your 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 hands together. Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.